Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. Because this is something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy deeply. And as you guys know, two years ago, Russell Westbrook signed with the Los Angeles Lakers in the offseason. And when that acquisition went down, a lot of people in media and beyond were up there twerking it up all over the place. A lot of people at the time were saying, oh, this is going to be the best team in the league. They're going to go make it to the Western Cup. And I believe they, they had the second best chances to win the NBA championship, according to odds makers and other people. Yeah, Kendrick Perkins and all of these guys up there twerking it up, talking about how happy they were to have Russell Westbrook on that team and how they thought they were going to do great things. And some of us were sitting back, including Shannon Sharp, to be fair, were like, hmm, hmm, Russell Westbrook. You have Russell Westbrook, you have LeBron, and you have Anthony Davis. How is this going to work? It doesn't seem like a really good fit. But nevertheless, you had, you had people up there that just couldn't, they just couldn't stop themselves from twerking, and they got so hyped. And I'm like, all righty then now, and what happens? They started the season, and I think they had about a 10-10 and 10 record. And some people were still holding out like, no, 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 it's not going to work. And then maybe about halfway through the season, some people were like, well, maybe they might figure it out. And then once they realized that it was going to be an absolute disaster, they now needed to look for the scapegoat. And who was the scapegoat? None other than Russell Westbrook. The moment the Lakers started struggling, they needed to be somebody to point all their anger towards, and that person was Westbrook. Now, to be fair to Laker fans, did Russell Westbrook play bad as a Los Angeles Laker? You better believe it. He did not play good at all, and his combative nature with the press did not help. Not combative, his defensive uh, uh, posture with the press did not help him. So that it's important that we say that. What I didn't like, and some people as well felt the same, was that they were trying to make him the face of the issues of the Lakers, and that was totally unfair. It was him and Frank Vogel, a coach who about, I think, a year or two prior had helped the team win an NBA championship. So a lot of people up there scratching their head, including Charles Barkley, like, wait a minute, you guys are trying to make the, this guy the face, and you're demonizing him. And throughout all the criticism that Russell Westbrook got in, got in the media, no one criticized him more than Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless made it his daily goal, like a daily affirmation, to ensure that he trashed Russell Westbrook every single day on Undisputed. Every single day. And it was at that point I realized Shannon Sharp is, does, has absolutely zero influence on the topics that are picked for this show. Do you know why? Because at first, Shannon Sharp was going along with him. And then after a while, it looked like Shannon Sharp started to get a little bit uncomfortable. Like, ah, Skip, <laughs> he tried to laugh it up like, yo, bro, <laughs> can we stop? But Skip could not help himself. No one did more to tarnish Russell Westbrook's legacy, apart from his play, obviously, than one Skip Bayless. It was shameful at certain points. And nevertheless, he kept on at it. So what happened? The following season... They realized it wasn't going to work. He was playing a little bit better. I think he agreed to come off the bench. And then ultimately, he was traded. No, no, no. He was traded to, I think at the time, it was the Utah Jazz, and he was bought out. And it was yeah, was it Jazz? Yeah, I think it was the Jazz, and he was bought out. And then he was picked up by the Lakers. I mean, the Clippers. And then what happened? Even after he left the Lakers, Skip now went on another crusade to say why he was going to be an absolute disaster 
for the Clippers, and in the midst of all of his senseless criticisms, he then said something that to this day, I am absolutely astounded that this man said it on television. He said at this point in time, Patrick Beverly is a better basketball player than Russell Westbrook. And I said, this man done lost his damn mind. And it seems like finally Patrick Beverly is responding to Skip Bayless or calling him out for all of the slanderous things that he said about Russell Westbrook and how it impacted his bottom line. But before we even get into his comments, this video is brought to you by a brand new sponsor, Factor Meals. If you're like me or anybody that works at Dreamers Pro, chances are you're a very, very busy person, especially during the lunchtime when you don't have time to go to the grocery store, pick out fresh ingredients, and come back home and cook healthy, delicious meals. Sometimes we're so busy that you just end up finding yourself making a ham sandwich or something like that, which isn't really ideal. And this is the reason why we are excited to be partnering with Factor Meals. Factor Meals is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. You can choose from up to 35 gourmet meals. Every meal is packed with premium ingredients crafted by Factor Meals team of culinary experts and designed by dietitians to ensure that every meal is packed with premium science-backed nutritional quality. Your meals are delivered directly to your door and all you need to do is heat them up in just under two minutes, then they are ready for you to eat. And enjoy so for example this week i think i'm gonna go with the italian herb chicken what i love is that under every single meal you can see if it's a calorie conscious option for example this meal i just chose is a dietitian approved calorie smart meal which is around 550 calories or less per serving and also a protein plus meal with 30 grams of protein or more per serving so if you want to give it a try click the link in the description below or head over to factormeals.com dreamers50 and use code dreamers50 to get 50 percent off and remember when you try factor meals by using the link in the description below remember that you're supporting this channel thank you skip bayless on national television i will give patrick beverly he tweeted this that's not how you spell my name. But Skip Bayless on national television, I would give Patrick Beverly a ring and not Russell Westbrook. I just don't like him. How are these media shows allowed to blatantly slander a player with extreme bias? Me, you know, on my pod, we had a real big debate about this, how uh, the media kind of controls the narrative of players and the control of narrative from players can actually, you know, help or hurt a player when it comes from, I don't know, making 200 million to 150 million, you know, if you're in that range or from being in the NBA or not being in the NBA. I agree with this. Uh, the blatant slander, you know, with extreme bias can cause somebody to, you know, lose on a ton of money. So use your words. Don't use your words at people. And make sure your words are factual when you do use, especially if you're part of the media. So that would be my answer to that. So you heard what Patrick Beverly had to say. Now, I want to give you guys some information here that I think a lot of you guys are going to find interesting. Before Russell Westbrook was with the, uh, before he got signed with the Clippers, Russell Westbrook uh, had a he had forty seven million dollars left on his max deal. That was the last amount of money that he got paid on the last year of his deal. Now I want you guys to think of the type of player you got to be that on your last year you're earning roughly fifty million dollars. He was a max player. The year before he joined the Lakers, I believe he averaged a triple double with the Washington Wizards and help get them into the playing tournament. Something the Lakers could not do last, uh, the season when he had them. Now, I want, to, I want to give you guys his contract that he signed with the Clippers recently. This summer, Russell Westbrook signed a two-year deal with the Clippers worth $7.8 million, including $7.863 million guaranteed and an annual average salary 
of $3.9 million. A man that went from that went from making over $40 million a year is now playing basketball for less than $4 million per annum. And if you factor those taxes into LA and, and living in California, he's probably making, what, $1.8 million, maybe two if he's lucky. And some people are asking, some people then have to ask a question, what happened? What happened? Some will say, well, he deteriorated. Really? He had a $40 million drop-off in his production? Is that what you're telling me? Are you talking about the same Russell Westbrook that, that was playing with the Clippers, that him and Kawhi Leonard were able to take game one against the team that a lot of people thought were going to beat them in the Phoenix Suns, that he was able to make it a competitive series, although they, they lost the next four games, but made it competitive and was able to show himself in those next four games? We're talking about that Russell Westbrook? He deserves $4 million per annum? And for Skip to say, and it's no disrespect to Pat Patrick Beverly, we're just keeping it 100. You're essentially saying that if you replace Russell Westbrook on that Clippers team and you put Patrick Beverly, Patrick Beverly would have been able to put up that type of production in the place of Russell Westbrook? Is this, what, is this what we're saying? Is that what we're saying? To me, listen, Skip made it personal with Russell Westbrook. He made it personal. There's no two other ways to look at it. He made it personal. And some people are saying it was something that had to do with his time in OKC because uh, uh, Skip Bayless is from Oklahoma and then Russell Westbrook said that and he felt like maybe Russell Westbrook got people to threaten him or whatever the hell it was, right? And Skip made it personal, whatever the case may be. But if we're being honest, Skip was not being a professional there because he let his personal feelings get in the way of his work. Now, Skip Bayless is a human being. We all do it from time to time. None of us are perfect. Sometimes we do cross the line here and there. I understand that. But you don't cross the line for like one and a half years, five days a week. Consistently. He was putting up low lights of the guy every single week. You're talking about a guy that is going into the Hall of Fame. It got so bad that Skip Bayless actually produced the show questioning whether or not uh, Russell Westbrook deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. It got that bad. And to have a former competitor that had some fierce face-offs, standoffs, or whatever you want to call it, with Russell Westbrook, for him to be coming to the defense of Westbrook speaks volumes. All of the slanderous reports that were put out by various sources like Dave McMenamin when they called the guy a vampire in the Laker, a vampire! Since he's been a Clipper, everybody loves him. What Did, what, did he lose his powers? Did he lose his fangs? The same guy that everybody says is a great teammate, how all of a sudden he turned into a vampire when he got to the Lakers? Help me figure it out. And it wasn't like as if he was traded to another country. He got traded to a team that's right across the hallway. Did he lose his powers while he was packing his things out of his locker? Help me figure it out. They went on a smear campaign against this guy, and it was shameful. It was shameful. They tried to make him deface of those problems. Was it a bad fit? You 100% believe it. Now, if you think that by the Lakers trading away Russell Westbrook and they didn't make any other changes, if you thought they would have been as competitive as they were last season after the halfway point, you're smoking something hot. Fact of the matter is, Rob Palink and those guys made a lot of moves at that trade deadline. That paid off. That definitely paid off. But to boil it down to just Westbrook, I thought was absolutely ass backwards.
and I'm happy that Patrick Beverly is saying something. So these are my thoughts. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. We got some beef in these YouTube streets. We got some serious beef. And what, what I'm liking about all of this is this. You see, generally or traditionally, the way it works in the media is that you have journalists uh, that go as athletes, right? And then there's this kind of back and forth. What you seldom have is have journalists call out other journalists and people on TV. You rarely have that. It's like a it's like a code of silence. Well, I think we started doing um, this stuff a few years ago, and we started calling out various people on some of their, um, you know, some of the things that they will say as it pertains to sports uh, and other things. And maybe it's because I was never a journalist, so maybe I didn't get the memo that you need to, hey, don't mention this guy's name, don't mention that guy's name. And I said to myself, wait a minute, if I'm here to give you guys my opinion, it can't be that I always disagree with what an athlete says or does, but then if a journalist says something that I disagree with, I'm supposed to just keep quiet and then be silent, and we're all going to just sit down and say, hey, listen, okay, we're not going to talk about ourselves, we're just going to be talking about the athletes. I thought that that never made any sense to me, and frankly, I thought, and this is something I used to discuss with Marco, the co-founder of Dreamers Pride, I used to say, I'm like, man, I wonder, I wonder are we making ourselves, uh, are we turning ourselves into um, these guys' enemies? He's like, no, you just have your opinion to say what you believe and be ready to back it up uh, when called upon to to back it up. So where, where am I going with all of this? As somebody that's been in the independent space, um, what I'm noticing is that bigger names that were already established in the industry have started to come into the independent space. And now you have them going at each other. Whether it may be Dan Lebetard and Stephen A. Smith or uh, uh, um, Marcellus Wiley going at this person and this person going at that person. And now it seems to be more commonplace. And to me, I just think everybody's keeping it 100. And people are like, to hell with the fact that I know you or I used to know you. I'm going to keep it real because ultimately, I'm not here to rub you on the back. I'm here to keep it real for my audience. That's ultimately why I'm here. If I'm not going to keep it real with the audience, then what exactly am I doing, right? Where am I going with this? Well, recently, um, Stephen A. Smith had a back and forth with Marcellus Wiley, and they had their exchange uh, there. And then um, towards the end of his response, because he said one thing, Marcellus said the other thing, then Stephen A. Smith said another thing, and then they went back. Uh, but towards the end of his response, he then took out the time to go at a particular journalist who he refused to put a name on. But based on his description of the person, a lot of people were able to surmise the person he was talking about. And it turns out the person that a lot of us were thinking it was actually put out a rebuttal to some of the things that Stephen A. Smith himself said. And that's really what we want to focus on. We want to get into the comments that Stephen A. Smith initially made. But before we even get into that, this video is brought to you by a brand new sponsor, Factor Meals. If you're like me or anybody that works at Dreamers Pro, chances are you're a very, very busy person, especially during the lunchtime when you don't have time to go to the grocery store, pick out fresh ingredients, and come back home and cook healthy, delicious meals. Sometimes we're so busy that you just end up finding yourself making a ham sandwich or something like that, which isn't really ideal. And this is the reason why we are excited to be partnering with Factor Meals. Factor Meals is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. You can choose from up to 35 gourmet meals 
Every meal is packed with premium ingredients crafted by Factor Meals team of culinary experts and designed by dietitians to ensure that every meal is packed with premium science-backed nutritional quality. Your meals are delivered directly to your door and all you need to do is heat them up in just under two minutes, then they are ready for you to eat and enjoy. So for example, this week, I think I'm gonna go with the Italian herb chicken. What I love is that under every single meal, you can see if it's a calorie conscious option. For example, this meal I just chose is a dietitian approved calorie smart meal, which is around 550 calories or less per serving, and also a protein plus meal with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. So if you wanna give it a try, click the link in the description below or head over to factormeals.com slash dreamers50 and use code dreamers50 to get 50% off. And remember, when you try Factor Meals by using the link in the description below, remember that you're supporting this channel. Thank you. So what we wanna do is we wanna play first what Stephen A. Smith said about this person and then we're gonna come uh, uh, continue with the show and then let you know what the person said in response. Take a listen to Stephen A. Smith here. I got mad love for all of my colleagues. Marcellus Wiley was one of those people. I'm sorry he's gone from ESPN. I'm sorry he's gone from FS1. I hope whatever it is that he's doing, and I'm assuming it's something more than just his podcast because the brother's bright as hell. I wish him nothing but the best. If I saw him, the only thing that I would say to him is, bro, really? That's what we doing now? A black man is scared of the intelligence of a black, of a white dude? Really? In the year 2023, we going to say something like that? Because I can assure you, I ain't scared of nobody. Not when it comes to intellect. You know why I'm not scared? Because either I'm just as smart, if not smarter, or I learn from their intelligence and it makes me more intelligent. So I'm always winning. I'm always winning. Now there's a lot of people out there that want me to address other names. There's one particular person who will remain nameless and I will not deny it. I think he's a fat, no good bastard who I despise to the core. But it doesn't mean that I wish him harm. It just means I know what he is. That is not Marcellus Wiley I'm talking about. It ain't hard to figure out who the hell I'm talking about. But even then, I wish him no harm. Even though he has made a career out of maligning and ridiculing and trying to wish others the worst. I'm where I'm at. That particular individual is where he's at. And I'll leave it at that. And no, I'm not talking about Marcellus Wally again. No, I'm not talking about my former colleague on first take. No, I'm not talking about them. They ain't fat bastards. Who's, who's, who, who are seeds of the devil. Wishing nothing but black folks home. But I'll leave that for another day for when the time is right. So you heard what Stephen A. Smith had to say. It was funny enough when I was listening to that. It was something that was totally unexpected because originally I was listening to what he had to say uh, in response to Marcellus Wiley. And then out of nowhere, 
he just took a shot at this person. And the minute he said it, first of all, the way he said it was hilarious. This fat, you know what? It was the way he said it was just funny. And then a lot of us started like, okay, well, he's talking about this one, he's talking about that. And then we obviously ultimately were able, were quickly able to understand the person he was talking about. And it seems like the person himself uh, that he was referring to actually figured out. And that person was Jason Whitlock. Um, and apparently, after Jason Whitlock caught a whiff of what Stephen A. Smith had to say about him, he took to his own show to basically, I mean, show fearless, to basically respond to Stephen A. Smith and basically break down where he thinks Stephen A. Smith is coming from. And he also believes that Stephen A. Smith had, you know, can't be as honest as he wants to be because he is beholden uh, to certain groups. So what we want to do is we want to play some of the things that uh, Jason Whitlock had to say in response to Stephen A. Smith. He did a long segment, about a 27-minute segment, if I'm not mistaken. So we're only going to play a few minutes of it, and then we'll come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what uh, Jason Whitlock had to say here. All right, so that's Stephen A., and, and this is where the problem Stephen A. Smith has and the problem many people involved in corporate media, many people that are addicted to social media, this is the problem they have. They can't be honest. They can't say what they really, really believe. And so they go the passive-aggressive route, they, they go a very dishonest route, and, and they're upset with me. And this has been an issue for me throughout my entire career because throughout my entire career, no matter where I'm at, Kansas City Star, ESPN, Fox Sports, uh, America Online, AOL Sports, when that was around, when I did Sports Talk Radio, I've always been, and, and this is not because I'm a better person than anybody else, it's a quirk in my personality, it, 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 it's a, it comes from the way that I was raised and my upbringing. I'm a, I'm a weird person in terms of I've never cared what the world thinks about me. And, and a lot of that has to do with seeds that were planted in me, again, at 25th Street Baptist Church, where I grew up, and my grandmother, my beloved Kennedy. But I didn't even recognize it at then that that's what it was about me. It wasn't until much later in life that I figured out, like, those seeds took root in me and, and changed my personality and rigged my personality in a way that I'm not concerned with what the world thinks about me. I'm not courting that kind of popularity. I, I'm, and I'm not trying to, because I have, I'm, I'm a failure in a lot of ways. A lot, look at my gluttony. Look at, look at the decisions that I've talked to you guys about, I've made in my personal life. Stupid things, blessings God sent me that I threw away, took for granted, exploited, mistreated, abused, uh, just didn't take the proper care of gifts that God sent me for my personal life. So I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal. There, but there is certain strengths that I have and things that I have done right. And one of them is I don't care about what the world thinks of me. And, and 
particularly now in the last seven, eight, nine, ten years, I'm out here performing for an audience of one, and that is God. So you heard what Jason Whitlock had to say. Now, hear my thoughts on this, and I have a lot. I think the frustration that Stephen A. Smith felt or feels towards Jason Whitlock is on two layers. The first layer has to do with, obviously, the relationship that they had and maybe some personal dealings that they had together. And I think on a macro level, he's re he's reacting to Whitlock the same way I do. I did, excuse me, and many others. H here's the fact of the matter. Um, Jason Whitlock was someone that I used to watch uh, from afar, not, not, like passively. I didn't watch him. like I didn't follow him. Uh, if he had an interesting segment come up on his show, I would watch him. I saw him on FS1 when he was on the show, Speak for Yourself. So I, I, I go that far back, right? And historically, Jason Whitlock seems to be a person that is outspoken. Um, he is not afraid to go against the grain. Uh, he's going to tell you what he thinks, even if it's controversial. Um, and he's going to take, take positions that most blacks would view as anti-black, if we're just keeping it 100 right but i never paid too much attention to him when he used to do it in the past i started to pay more attention to jason whitlock recently when Deion sanders really started to gain a lot of headway in the media because of his colorado football team who just re recently suffered an absolutely ridiculous loss funny enough yesterday i was i was getting ready to go to bed and i saw a little bit of the game and i saw they were up like i think 27-0 and i'm like well no need to sit up here and watch the rest of this as late as hell i'm going to bed i'm tired just to wake up and saw and and to see the 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 debacle that took place when I went, I, I couldn't absolutely, I couldn't even believe it. And I was listening to Coach Prime talk about it this morning, and he just seemed he seemed to be beside himself at what took place yesterday on that football. He he genuinely seemed shocked. I didn't say surprised. He was shocked at what happened, and they had a still of his image at the half when he was cheesing it up, and then there was another image of him. Uh, after the game and he looked, he looked that serious. So the, uh, Deanna, feel your pain. But anyway, I started to follow Deion Sanders when his team started making a lot of noise, like a lot of people. And a lot of people were happy and hyped for what Deion Sanders was doing. But one person that was constantly looking for ways to tear Deion down was Jason Whitlock. And I felt like a lot of his criticisms were out were, were were out of bounds he was taking a lot of personal shots at him he was talking about his masculinity comparing him to a female tiktoker he was talk he was questioning his religious faith his religious background he was questioning him as a father as someone that doesn't even have kids to question another person about having kids to me is just i mean you can't get any lower than that right and the thing that ultimately sent me over the edge was this i noticed that Almost every single thing that Jason was talking about always had this negative slant towards blacks. It was always black this, black that, black this, black. At first, I would I would kind of uh, ingest his information passively, but then I'm like, okay, this black thing, this black thing, and this black thing. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'm like, hold on. What 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 is this obsession with always being this hypercritical about blacks? Number one, number two, you yourself are black. So I don't see this big kick you're getting out of constantly criticizing blacks. Now, is it important for various groups to 
hold themselves accountable? 100%. Were some of the points that Jason Whitlock, uh, were some of the points that Jason Whitlock was making, were they valid? 100%. But when it seems like that is your only angle, where you only have negative things to say about a particular group, and in this case, your group, it makes some people begin to wonder, bro, what is the problem? Why do you get such a kick? Out of tearing down blacks, what is the what is the fat what is this fetish that you have with tearing down blacks? Now, Jason Whitlock will say, "No, no, no. The reason I'm doing it is because I want to see us do better." My brother, if you feel like the way you're going to extract results out of people is to constantly criticize them, good luck. Good luck. If you feel you're going to make your kids do better by constantly tearing them down and pointing out whenever they do wrong. You're going to have kids that are going to be rebellious and very soon they're going to tune you out. The, the better way to do it is, number one, to correct them when they're wrong, but most importantly, congratulate them when they're right publicly. And for whatever reason, it seemed like Jason found it difficult to do that. And I think that's what Stephen A. Smith was saying, where he's like, he's always wishing on people's downfall. That's what he's talking about. Jason Whitlock, if you're going to keep it 100 with yourself, if you go through the library of content that you have that is uh, centered on blacks, 90% of what you're saying is negative. And to me, the problem is, you only, it's like you seem predisposed to look for the negative, number one. And number two, why are you doing this? Who are you doing? To, why are you? What, 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 who are you trying to pacify by doing all of this? That's the part I don't understand. And for him to now say I'm doing this for God, that's the part that blows my mind. Where did God say to stand up in front of your pulpit and to be tearing down your race every single opportunity? First of all, this stuff that you're doing for God. Where did God mention any of this? Where did he mention any of this? You're, you sat up there and said, you have your flaws as a human being, but yet you're sitting up there tearing down the flaws of another person. And to be quite honest with you, I don't see any sins that Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders is committing. What sins specifically are you speaking to? Okay, he's loud. He likes to show off. Where is that a sin? Where is that a sin? And is that all that the man does? Is that the only thing that he represents? Is he not a good parent? Does that not stand for anything? Is he not a respectful person? Does that not stand for anything? What? Why are you so bothered that this guy is so self? What does it have to do with you? What is it taking away from you? Well, he needs to be. He needs to behave like this. Is there one way a black man is supposed to behave? Are black men one monolith? Are we just? Or do we all move uh, 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 in unison? Don't we all have different behaviors? Don't we all have different backgrounds? And for you to be acting like as if you're shocked, Deion Sanders has always been like this. It's not no new act. And the part that killed me was you had all, this, all of this self-righteous indignation about what's virtuous and pious and all of that stuff. And meanwhile, you had Brett Favre sitting on your show and you was rubbing his feet on your couch while he was talking to you. You had no issue with him. Someone accused of stealing from the poor. I don't know how you get any lower than that. And you seem to find no issue with them. Someone that was involved in a legal matter were not him, but people that were annexed to him, people that are going to go to jail. You saw no issue with them. You were up there twerking it up with him. But then when it comes to Deion Sanders, you got an issue with him. This is where you lose people because people are looking at the imbalance and saying, bro, what's going on here? Now, personally, I believe that Jason Whitlock is doing this to make some whites happy. 
Because there's some whites that don't even fall for this nonsense nor follow him. And why you would follow a particular person of any race going at any other race to make you feel about feel good about yourself, that says a lot about you anyway. As it pertains to any group. So to me, man, I think Stephen A. Smith, I mean, personally, I think that if 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 they continue to go back and forth, Stephen A. Smith will go back at him. Because the way the sports media landscape is shaping up right now, the old rules are going out the window. This thing is evolving faster than you think. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.